I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin joined by Vic Tafer and Ted Wynn. And guys, it's it's Helmet Watch. We have uh, been spending the last how many days paying attention and, and I guess caring? Do we care? Uh, Antonio Brown's helmet has has taken over kind of the, the Raiders' world right now. It uh, is an issue that seems a little silly, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 what we're dealing with right now, right? Yeah, maybe is it all over? Maybe it could be all I, over. I mean, I'm not, we can't say that yet. We maybe. don't know. I mean, we thought it was maybe. over last week. He right. practiced today apparently with a new helmet. Uh, John Gruden said it was certified and that uh, AB is all in. He's ready to go. So uh, I'm sure we'll tune in tonight to Hard Knocks and see more about that because uh, uh, AB is definitely working with Hard Knocks in this whole thing. So I'm sure he saved some nuggets for them. But it uh, seems like definitely we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the way we saw practice on on Tuesday, which is obviously before Hard Knocks airs, is we go out there and AB is out there, but no helmet because at first they're just doing the walkthrough thing. We can kind of peek through and we see he's out there. No helmet. And as we come out there, it's time for them to stretch and actually get ready for practice. And again, it's it's the two-day-before-a-game thing, so it's not really a full uh, physical practice anyway. But he leaves, he walks off the field with no helmet, and he's gone for five minutes or so as they're starting to stretch. I did notice that Mike Mayock then, about a few minutes later, then he walked in toward the, the performance center where A.B. had gone. And then A.B. comes back out, and I'm not... I don't know if there's any correlation there, but A.B. comes back out, still with no helmet, but does start participating in stretches. And then kind of as they finish up stretching, he's still kind of off on his own as the team huddles up and it looks like they're going to start practice and he maybe is going to do something on his own. Um, At that point, we have to leave. We only get, you know, on on these kind of short practices, we get like a 10-minute viewing window. So we don't know what actually went down, what actually happened in their practice. But um, Maybe when he first came out to practice the first time, Hard Knocks didn't get a good shot. So, you know what, go back inside later (laughs) and come back out and we'll get a different angle. That's, that's my theory as to what happened. We do have some breaking news to report. Uh, not breaking news for you guys listening to this, but uh, latest here from Ian Rappaport. Uh, it says, a source, uh, the hearing in front of an arbitrator for Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown's second helmet grievance against the NFL is likely to be Friday. So there should be a timely resolution. So we'll not have a resolution before Thursday's preseason game in Winnipeg, but uh, would expect that Friday we hopefully have an answer about the second grievance filed to the NFL. So we're thinking that he has his new certified helmet temporarily, and if he gets his old one uh, reinstated on Friday, then they'll go back to that one. So I think uh, at least there's a backup plan in place, apparently. It looks like the Shut Vengeance helmet, which is a newer helmet from the same brand that he wants to use, uh, just based on the pictures we saw, it looked like it's the same ear hole. Much cooler name, the Shut Vengeance versus yeah. the Shut Air Advantage with a capital, capital R. R. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like the Vengeance much better myself. And so I guess, I mean, I'll play a little AB's advocate and kind of go into his defense here i i guess and, and and we don't know all the details about this but you know the the reason for the second grievance being filed is that he wants to try to get just one extra year with the helmet with the thinking there is that the guys that in 2018 played with one of the the helmets that was put on the banned list there was a list that went out these helmets are now banned 
and this was specific. If you're wearing that helmet, you will not be able to wear that next year, but we'll give you a one-year grandfathering in. So AB's helmet was not on that list, but the reason it's banned is because it's more than 10 years old, and they won't certify helmets more than 10 years old. If there was some kind of breakdown of communication and that wasn't clearly stated that his helmet is not going to be able to be used in 2019, and I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. But if there was some kind of breakdown of communication and he wasn't fully aware, then I do support the fact that he should get one more year with this because if you look at the guys that got that extra year, what they probably did is they spent – you know, they would play in the games with their helmet they were comfortable with, but maybe during practice, maybe occasionally here and there, they would try one out and get some time in a new helmet, knowing that they would have to prepare for moving into a different helmet the following year. So if if that's the case, I'll go ahead and support A B and say, give him an extra year and let's just end this whole damn but saga. I, I forgot the actual number. I think it was like twenty or thirty players who he was thirty-two. Were able to, thirty-two. And he's one of them. So there were, everyone. But he wasn't one of the guys that wore one of the, the officially banned ones. Right, but he's one of the guys who was able to wear. His, it didn't have to change last year. He wore his, his old helmet last year. So I think he's going to have a hard time explaining that he didn't know other guys were changing helmets, and then the thirty guys had an extra year to figure it out. I'm sure. Well, he's not one of the 32 on the list. That's what they've been saying. He's not one of those 32 guys. Right. Those are guys that were, were war helmets that were on the band well, list. That's what he says, but I think the league says he was because there's only 32 players that were able to wear the old helmets last year, and he's one of them. Everybody else had to change last year. So I think that's going to be hard to prove. I think um, – and the other thing, if, I know there's all these – hate to say I've read these stupid studies, but I guess it's important in safety. I guess his, his helmet is, is supposed to be – not as safe as a new one yeah. as far as collisions. And yeah. and so I think that's be a hard thing to also do, overcome. So I'm glad he's got a new helmet. I'm glad the vengeance, if that's what it is, I think that's going to be the one he has to go. And uh, at some point, he got, if he's putting it off a year, why not deal with it, deal with it now? Why not just get over with and, and move on? So I just think um, like the Raiders have been pretty patient. You know, Mayock obviously kind of uh, had a statement on Sunday, but they've been pretty patient with him. They've Gruden's uh, gave him all the support he needs, you know, in front of the microphones and I think also behind the scenes. But – well, we got two weeks to the opening day, so I think we've got to get going. And to add a little bit to AB's case, Joe Staley talked about you know how he switched to a newer helmet after using the shut, which he said kind of just fit right around his head and didn't move. And the first day he used it, he busted his nose because the helmet came out of place. So uh, he sort of understood AB's position on this. But, but he also used a 3D printer to yes. kind of create his own thing, mm-hmm. which – Antonio Brown can afford that. Yeah, he can get yeah. 3D printer. I mean, if, I mean, if it's coming, and he says close, not as good as he said, but Joe said it was close. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, again, there was plenty of time to do all this stuff. I'm not sure what exactly what was his thinking that he's going to automatically get what he wanted, you know, to happen. So whatever. I think everyone wants to move on. So we'll just uh, we'll see what happens. At least Daly's explanation kind of gave more context right. to I think what maybe Antonio is thinking and why he's it's such a big deal because you know you. If, if the complaint was, you know, field of vision, I, I think was kind of what we were hearing early on, you're thinking, well, well I mean, come on, they, they got to be able to get a different mask. There should be something you can figure out to make sure you have a helmet that is certified and safe but still has a good field of vision. Right. But but if we're talking more about the, the fit of a helmet and, and the fact that when you run it doesn't it doesn't move and it just stays in place and, you know, you can turn your head and, and boom, you don't have to worry about it moving around a little bit, I, I, I can see where that would affect a receiver more than, you know, 
trying to figure out a, a helmet that's going to have better field of vision. And a lot of players are superstitious. I mean, extremely about their equipment, especially helmets. So I get it. If this is really the helmet he's used, I think his agent sent since he was a PV player. So <laughs> who pays attention? I, 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 I've been impressed that he was paying attention to what helmet he was using. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's definitely an old school true. helmet. But I get it. Superstition definitely is a big part of these players' their lives and how they go about their games. But I think as Charles Woodson and our tweet the other day, I think that at some point you got to stop. You, you make a grievance, you lose it. And then now you're here for your team. Like when you left practice on Sunday, that was that was a major no-no. I think even a lot of the former players saw that. Like, you know what? There's a point where you can argue and complain what you want, but at some point it's about your team. And you can't leave your team at training camp because you're unhappy with the league and held your grievance. So I think that was like why Mac probably came out and said that, just for the other players who were there who may not – I felt that way, but they wanted to hear it. At least someone was paying attention. Like, you know what? You can't keep doing this. You gotta, you gotta be here and not just leave when you want to. Yeah, it's sort of incredible to think about how one piece of equipment could sway the Raiders' season so much. You know, because he's such <laughs> yeah. an important player to the Raiders. And he's he's probably gonna play, but you know, just missing all this practice time is not great, even for a player of his caliber. And I'll play devil's advocate. How much is hard knocks a part of this? I think a the lot. fact. I mean, I think hard. I think the helmet definitely. And the feet and everything. The hard knocks is all over. They're with him all the time. They had him before camp started. The footage they saved for week two, and he answers questions by stay tuned. I just think they're a big part of this whole. This I mean, the whole, whole thing opera. today, the way he, yeah. like, you know, I mean, didn't come. We didn't see. I mean, that's that's all because it's gonna. He wants to have that play out on on hard knocks rather than play out in front of us. I mean, they're getting a million viewers a week. I mean, he's pretty much a star of the show. Him like well, Gruden, obviously, but he's definitely the why people. The, the tease is, hey, uh, last week, next week, Antonio Brown's helmet. What happens with the the league? And then tonight they had a promo. Today about how he says he's a enemy enemy of the state. I'm a handsome enemy of the state. So he's loving it. I mean, you can tell today he was loving it. The camera attention. I just think he's eating it up. And in his mind, I don't think training camp's ever been a big deal. I think he's proven he always plays hard in the season. He's always in shape. The, the numbers will come. And so that's what you got to kind of take a leap of faith with him. Like you know what? I guess that's all right. If you as long as you're ready to go week one, but sure has been a, you know, kind of a pain in the ass the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but he's with a new team now. He has a new quarterback. He's learning a new playbook. Uh, well, he, knocked, he knocked on his door. Yeah. He went to his house. <laughs> he threw balls in high schools. I mean, I mean come I, on. I don't think it's like a huge deal, but I definitely don't think it's ideal. I mean, well, yeah. you know, there's so many close plays in football. If you don't know what you're doing on one play, it could potentially lead to something, you know, bigger. So I just. I'm not making a huge deal of it, but he is with a new team, learning a new playbook, and it'd be ideal for him to be out there. I'm sure that's why Mayock came out with the statement he made the other day. All right, we'll kind of wrap up the A-B section, but I do want to put out one question. How do you guys feel the Raiders have handled this? Do, do, you, do you think that they've done a good job, bad job, indifferent? How do you feel about how the Raiders have handled this? I think it's, um, it's a unique situation because I think the last two years, uh, John Gruden's had a, a guy – you kind of let do whatever he wanted to do. Last year was Marshawn Lynch. You know what? There was no real rules for Marshawn. He like had his video crew out in the field talking to him during practice. He was just did his own what he wanted to do. But he practiced every day at camp. He you know he definitely um, didn't abuse that that privilege last year. Maybe he might have abused it two years ago. You know, yeah. but last year he was pretty much a good soldier. I think with Antonio Brown, the Falcon was the same thing. We'll, we'll do it this way. You know, you're a proven player. You're a superstar. Do what you need to do to get ready for week one. We're not going to give you too many rules. Yeah, and people, I keep bringing it up, but having his kids on the field on the sidelines still gets to me, and it never happened before. I've never seen it before, and old players, like old-timers, never heard of that, like, kids on the sideline during a practice. And that was a big uh, kind of like, hey, this is, I'm the guy. I'm doing what I want. And it kind of got a little carried away. It kind of got a little out of out of control a little bit. I think I tried to dial it back with Mag's statement on Sunday. 
And I think that was the problem. So I think they did it. They've supported him. But I think letting them have all that rope early on kind of backfired. And now they're trying to pull it back. Um, and like Vic said, it's an unprecedented situation. We've never seen anything like this happen before. Um, and I think, you know, maybe the public perception was a little worse than it was actually is. I think the Raiders said they were, they've been in communication with Brown and his camp about this whole thing. So he, they, I don't think he did go radio silent until uh, Sunday when he did miss that practice. That was a red flag for them. Uh, so, so, yeah, if, I think if they were in constant communication with them and Gruden's come out and said he's trying to support him, um, I think they've handled it the best they could have. Kind of like a perfect storm. Like you had like, you know, frostbitten, frostbitten feet in <laughs> France. You had the helmet issue. You have hard knocks. You got a diva coming in to a new team. It just was, uh, you know, up Not a distraction, Vic. Not, Not a distraction. Not one minute Not. has this been a distraction. You tried, was, you tried to stir it up with Gruden I today. Was, Not I, a I always distraction. try to stir it up with John Gruden. He loves it. All right, let's talk about actual football. And I don't know if you guys have been picking it up some of it. We've been trying to, to hit pause when uh, when some planes fly overhead. We're we're recording this one outside today, so uh, out in beautiful Alameda. Uh, we're we're not take, taking we're, the planes in. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. We uh, yeah, at, nice and outside. We're we're out of Napa. Had a tuna melt sandwich. I picked up a case and a half of wine on my way out of town on Sunday, and uh, and we're all good to go for the next. Where was couple. the where was the segue there? We're having lunch <laughs> or at the airport. I got some wine. Well, we left. I got drunk. We, le- we left. No, we left Napa. From? I didn't drink. I haven't drank any of it yet. But we left Napa. I had to had to stock up for the next uh, few months. So uh, right. thanks, good, for, good, thanks, good, for, thanks for sharing. Appreciate I'll bring that. a bottle. Jimmy's well stocked in wine. Everybody, the, the, <laughs> next show is booming for I even, bought, I even bought one bottle that's uh, <laughs> that's probably older than Ted. Bought from 1983. That is older than me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Winnipeg. Um, why should you watch Thursday's game in Winnipeg? Um, how many people will? Uh, it does not sound like this game is going over huge up uh, up there in, in Canada. I heard they sold 13,000 seats out of, I think, 35,000, and they slashed prices pretty good, so they're trying to get more people in there. I think it's going to not be a good um, deal when people hear that Derek Carr is not going to play. That won't be a positive development as far as ticket sales and the excitement for the game. It's a weird game because the NFL has not really helped out as far as the you know, the hype. The Raiders aren't doing much for the hype. I think if people is Hard Knocks hyping it up? Come on. Nope, they're not. Have they really? I'm not sure there's no, no word about it. No, so no. I guess tonight the air is tonight, so they might hype up tonight. But, yeah, so I think it's a really weird place to have a home game, especially when no one up there cares. But they what the Coliseum basically was only going to let them play – one preseason game, I think. No, they would, they would have charged him $500,000. So yeah. Mark Davis like, you know what? I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to get paid to go to Winnipeg. And how do you like them apples? But I think people aren't really liking those apples. The apples, <laughs> the apples, the apples are, uh, are rotten. Yeah, so if you're a real Raider fan, make your way to Winnipeg because they need help right there now. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's not too late. Get there. All right. Well, so what will we be watching? Uh, it does not sound like starters will play. I, I mean, I think Gruden kind of told us that, but then he kind of has to back it down a little bit, probably because they're they're getting pressure from the the promoters up there. Well, don't don't give it away. But I, I wonder how many guys are going to go. I wonder how many players are going to actually stay home from the trip. Because Gruden question. kind of indicated, yeah. like the guy, you know, well, the, we're going to take all the guys who are going to play. And then when he was kind of asked directly, oh, so I mean, guys that won't play might not go. Well, I didn't say that. And that's they they're they're in a tough position because. I think, they Will, I think Will Kiss gave him a little kick in the back of his leg. Like, you they, can't say that. <laughs> they aren't taking this game, obviously, very seriously, and, and that's fine. Who's that? But, Who's taking it seriously? I mean, 
No, they aren't. They aren't. They okay. aren't. Gotcha. But my bad, my bad. because of plans, because so. of the the business at hand, you know, the the financial ramifications, they have to kind of pretend like they are. So it's a it, it's a tough deal. But there will be a few things to watch, and, and maybe uh, you know, on the offensive and defensive lines, uh, you know, especially on the offensive line. You know, the the swing watch, tackle. Watch the guards. Watch the guards. Watch the guards. Watch the guards. Uh, you got to watch the swing tackle. Uh, you know, Brandon Parker probably is. promo for the, for the game tomorrow night. <laughs> Tonight, Denver Kirkland fights for a roster spot at guard. <laughs> Tune in. I've, I've been watching too much Denver Kirkland the last couple you of weeks. You love him, right? You're a big fan he, of Denver? He's played extremely well. Extremely and, well. Uh, wow. I mean, he, like, he's not destroying folks, but he's doing his job on every Gabe play. Jackson who? Yeah. <laughs> I got to trade Gabe Jackson, huh? All right, cool. I, but yeah, swing tackle is is something that that's still probably like, could be emerging into a battle. Uh, Brandon yeah. Parker has not played particularly well, and, and David Sharp uh, has looked sharp. Has he? I don't know. I'm not sure, man. I Gruden kind of to give talk David Sharp up a little bit today, and also said that Parker has kind of come on after a slow start. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure either one of those is really true, but I think they're. In my mind, if there's a veteran guy out there who can play both tackles, I think he might be a Raider. I think they'll look at the waiver wire. I think. Uh, what team is that? That's looking very that guy, though. Find that's a good point. Every, that's every team. I mean, point. the Niners are looking for guys like that. You're every right. team is All looking right. for. That, that's going to be tough. It's, it gives it, nobody. Right. The, the offensive line depth around the league is, is pretty terrible. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly think David Sharp's played well. I thought he played well last preseason. I didn't think that he should have got cut, but he got cut and re signed to the team, and now he. So, so you're saying keep both Sharp and Parker because they're so valuable. Trade they're so, one of them. It's so hard mm. to get. You say keep both those guys. <laughs> May, I would say keep Sharp. Parker, I'm, I'm on the fence about because, I, I mean, I, I just think he's just looked so bad. And sneak him onto the practice squad. Training camp and Third-round pick, sneak yeah. him onto the practice squad. They've done that before with Shalit Calhoun. I don't think he's in danger of getting signed by anybody. Well, that's, that'd be a, that's a bad That's a bad look. If you can keep doing that every year, third-round guys. Well, second round, well, look at the second-round guys lately, I mean. <laughs> What else are we looking at? Looking at uh, tight ends, I guess. I mean, uh, I'm not sure how many guys you're going to keep. I, I think only three because we mentioned uh, all the O-line stuff, and we also didn't mention that Gabe Jackson is going to have to have a roster spot. Denzel Good just came back. He'll have to have a roster spot. I'm not sure when he'll be ready to go. So you're keeping extra O-linemen, probably extra D-linemen because there's so many good ones this year. So I think I can't see taking more than three tight ends. No, you try to sneak one onto the practice squad, but I mean, he, right now, you, Darren Waller and Foster Moreau are, are locked in, and then you, you figure Derek Carrier is your third one, and the Joker, the Joker. I mean, and then yeah, your Paul Butler, your Luke Wilson, pro, he gets to go up there uh, to Canada, and then uh, might not be around much longer. Yeah, uh, so it's kind of surprising how quickly quickly Foster Moreau has taken that uh, number two spot or that blocking tight end position because um, I thought. Paul Butler was playing well, and then before, and then he got hurt, and then he didn't play well after he got hurt, and now he is in probably in danger of getting uh, getting cut. So, yeah, I think like you said, the top three tight ends: Waller, Moreau, and um, and Carrier, who, who could do a little bit of both. Carrier could block, block and be a receive uh, threat as a receiver. Yeah, for guys who are on the bubble, you know, injuries at training camp are just killers. Like, like I mean, Butler and Eddie Verandos had a shot at the beginning of his camp to kind of push for a spot against P.J. Hall maybe, but he had the concussion. Hasn't been seen since, and now he's got no shot. I mean, at this point, you got to figure they're going to stash him on IR for the year. Or if you, or you can pull an OB and just kind of give him his money and tell him thanks a lot, you know, get lost. So I'm not sure what will happen, but obviously not going to make the roster no. this year. Uh, one other battle, fullback has, you know, 
potential still to be to be a battle. I mean, I know we know the fans are high on Alec Ingold, and um, you know he's shown that he's a guy that's got some hands. He he has more offensive ability than Keith Smith, uh, who is back now from uh, the meniscus injury, but um, is a special teams guy that that Basaccia loves. I mean, I guess that's something to watch the last couple of weeks here. You, you would figure Keith Smith, a guy who last year didn't play a ton in the preseason, uh, especially the last couple of games, that uh, that he probably has to, to, to go out there and do a little something to earn his spot again. Yeah, it's funny because fullbacks aren't really that popular anymore, and there's only probably half the teams in the league use them. The Raiders have a tough decision. I mean, I, I think Gruden definitely likes Engel a lot, definitely thinks he has a huge upside, but you can't keep two fullbacks. I mean – most teams won't keep one, so you got to pick. I think you're right. I think it'll be a good, uh, be a good fight in the meeting room between Basaccia and John Gruden about which who gets their guy. Ingle, is his knee sore a little bit? Is is, is he uh, is he feeling a little something? Somebody ah, kick him in the knee exactly. area. It could be a little Chris Ward situation where you, you drop just... a weight like Marquette King, drop a weight <laughs> in his foot. Like, ah, oh, hey, Marquette. Oh, sorry. Oh, you got that. a bruise there. That, that, that looks like an IR kind of situation. Uh, sorry. I think Marquette hurt his foot like lifting weights on the plane. On the, last, on the last plane ride home from the last preseason game, he got hurt. So, yeah, whatever. But yeah, they can always stash a guy, but I think um, we'll see what happens. All right, any lasting impressions from uh, from training camp? I know uh, you guys both wrote, uh, Ted, you wrote your kind of breakdown from uh, you know, from from the second preseason game, Vic. You just wrote your, your 20 things you learn. Um, and the, the number one thing you learned, Vic, was this team is faster. They really are. I mean, every spot. I mean, they're definitely uh, not only the young guys they brought in, but even the, the veterans guys they brought in are faster than the guys had last year. So I think, um, you know, Marcus Jordan looks really fast. I mean, uh, Vontae's perfect. He's definitely in good shape. He's moving around pretty well. And then they're also, you know, faster in, in both trenches, definitely. So I think definitely uh, wide receivers, they added a lot of speed in J.J. Nelson. So everywhere you look, there's speed, which is what John Gruden wanted to get because last year the Chiefs were clearly a much faster team than the Raiders were last year. Yes, I mean, I guess one thing that I have a question about coming out of training camp is are, can the Raiders cover tight ends? Uh, when the Rams came to town, uh, Gerald Everett was just one of the most productive players in, a lot, in the first two days. He just kept on catching pass after pass. Uh, Darren Waller has been tearing it up in practice. Uh, so there's it, definitely a, a question of um, that could be a potential problem coming into the season. Uh, Nicholas Morrow is a guy who could play a little man-to-man. Jonathan Abram, um, he, he, he's, he's a good, strong safety. He's around the ball, but his man-to-man skills still need some development. So I don't know if he's a guy he's answered covering tight ends. We know Carl Joseph has his problems covering tight ends because he's just too small. Uh, so it, it's, what about uh, well, Marshall? I mean, guys got Gruden yeah. talked about being a good coverage guy. I know a couple of years ago he was, but yeah, maybe Marshall uh, can be that guy. That's probably the ideal scenario for them. Marshall can be the guy he was two years ago. Yeah, that's also a question mark too because we don't know where he's at exactly just yet. Right. That's the thing with this team. You see so many things in the camp. Like I wrote that story I wrote today. It was very positive. Like I must have been sick. But I mean, just uh, <laughs> I heard I, this team going to the playoffs. I guess. But like, the only question marks I saw were the O line depth and the pass rush. But a lot of them there are question marks as far as the old guys. Like if you know Richie Incognito gets hurt, if he's not what he was, and we mentioned Marshall coming off injuries. So many perfect has had issues with concussions in the past. So definitely our guys who all could be you know hurt or have a. Uh, the season's cut short, and the depth comes into play, and the whole thing could be upside down. So I think there are definitely question marks as far as some of the veterans they brought in, how they'll do. 
Yeah, I mean, the margin for error is is small on this team. We all know that. I mean, this is not a – and, I mean, they know that. They know that if they're going to have a chance to be competitive, everything has to go well. And it, you can say that for over half the teams in the league usually. I mean, there's only a handful of teams that can go into a year, you know, your, your Patriots and, and whatnot, that can go into a year knowing, all right, we're going to be good. And, you know, stuff may happen, but we're going to be good. Margin for error is small, and we'll we'll see how small it is once uh, the year gets going, and, and we'll see if they can stay healthy. All right, time now for State of the Nation mail. You guys can always send us your questions using using the hashtag SOTN mail, or you can just fly over. You can uh, drop them down off, off the plane. <laughs> you can parachute them down. You can maybe do like one of those uh, the signs hanging off the little planes, and we'll look up and we'll uh, we'll read your questions. But uh, for now, we'll take the ones that we got uh, on Twitter here. Uh, we'll start with one from uh, from Nicest. What kind of work can we expect out of Josh Jacobs come regular season? Will he be in often on third downs, or will we see a mix of Richard, Martin, Washington spelling him? Well, Gruden just said the other day that he hasn't decided yet, that he's not sure it's going to be the whole the true workhorse back that they have. I think he said Richard is special, and DeAndre Washington's having a great camp. He, Doug Martin, he's a Gruden grinder, you know, trusts his commodity, so they have some depth there. But I still believe that uh, Josh Jacobs will be the – the workhorse, three down back, the fantasy guy you want, just kind of because uh, he's been doing a lot better in terms of pass protection. He has great hands. He looked great running the ball the other night, and it probably, that's probably going to be it for him as far as the preseason goes. So I think he's been everything they wanted and more. So I think that will be the guy that they'll get to rock to. I think uh, Rashad will definitely have a, a big drop in his touches, and uh, I'm not sure where uh, DeAndre and Doug kind of fall in, but uh, it won't be much. I think the only question with Jacobs is how is his his body going to handle taking, you know, a large bulk of the carries because he's never done it before. He's fresh. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we'll, I guess they'll see how how he feels after games if he's carrying twenty five or taking twenty five carries a game. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he oh twenty five touches a game probably twenty five yeah. touches yeah, yeah. and uh, if he can't handle it handle it then I think DeAndre Washington and. Um, I can't remember the other guy's name right now. Doug Martin. Doug Jaylen Martin. Richard. Yeah, Doug Martin. Man, he's Doug, already putting DeAndre no, Washington. No respect. DeAndre Washington Doug is a Martin. Man, he is from a, Oakland, Stockton. No respect. And he got up there on the. He, he tried to stop by and make a little podium appearance to shout out uh, Nate Diaz on. Uh, ah, nice touch. Yeah, I don't know, miss that. It's like Nate Diaz, Stockton, California. Good stuff. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Nate Diaz and Doug Martin, Stockton. There we go. All right. Question here from Stephen Beach: Can you help us fans make sense of the wide receiver situation? Brown and Williams are obviously locks, but outside of that, who knows? All seem to have flashed at some point. How many will they keep and who? Brown's uh, not a lock. <laughs> we'll do a round table. So we got Brown and Williams are a lock. So I'll say one, and you guys, uh, my next lock will go around. The, uh, Let's start. I'll say Keeping six? I'll say Renfro. Yeah, six. Renfro's a lock. Any comments? No. No. Uh, uh, Ted, you're up. Uh, J.J. Nelson's been making plays in camp, made some plays in, uh, in games too, so it's really hard to see – them cutting him, so I think he's going to make the team. I agree. Derek has been really um, heavy in praise about not only the speed, but the hands, the ability to adjust in the air. The, the, I just think he's he's earned a spot. Dwayne Harris is a lock. He's not a wide receiver, but he is in that position group. And when we say six are going to make the team, everyone we know we saw this last year. Everyone's like, oh, they they kind of because they don't see him 
in games. They don't see him making catches. They just they kind of put him off to the side like he's not. Now we don't need to keep him. But they love him as a special teamer. They love him as the returner. And also in, in coverage. They love yeah. him in, in punt coverage yeah. and kickoff coverage, not just return the kicks. And uh, I think if worse came to worse, I think Gruden, if you had to use him in the slot, I think he would be okay with that. I think Gruden does have, have some belief in him as far as just receiving skills also. Yep. So, so now I got five. Got five. So now Vic, I, I did this the wrong way. <laughs> I, I did bad planning. I didn't want to come back to me. So six, I'm going with Keelan Doss. I'm not sold on Keelan Doss. I'm not sure it's a lock. But Ryan Grant, I hope you heard that. Yeah, Ryan Grant, what's up? Um, but I just think Keelan Doss can play all three spots at receiver. I think he plays teams. They like his upside. He's a very smart kid. I think he's got a little bit of speed, a little, you know, a little bit of size. So my guess would be they try and trade Ryan Grant like they did last year with Switzer, and maybe get a pick back. And I think. Uh, Marshall Abram had a really nice start to camp. I think he came in with the right approach and uh, did nothing wrong. I just think that Doss may have, like I said, more upside, I think, than Abram does. And so I'm going to go with uh, Doss as my sixth guy. Yeah, It's, it's going to be a tough choice between Grant and Doss because Grant has made some plays in practice and he made some plays in games as well. And he, he's a veteran. He knows every spot. I think he could play more than slide. He could play outside a little bit, right? Yeah, and definitely. um And Gruden just said the other day, like, yeah. he's always wanted him. He's, like, talked mm-hmm. to his brother about him. He's always wanted Ryan Grant and his team. He's, like, dreamed about it. I don't know. But so, again, Gruden is yeah. definitely – And I love Doss, and I'm, I'm from UC Davis, so it's hard for me to say this, but I think – But, there you go, yes, but what? I think Grant might have a bit of – an advantage on him just because he's a veteran yeah. and he provide he could provide solid depth for every spot. And Doss could play every spot too, but he doesn't have I as agree. much the veteran thing is huge. The veteran thing is a big deal. So I definitely think it could go either way. I mean. All right. What's your vote? You got Doss or uh, Grant? I got Doss. He has, you're saying Grant, right? Yeah. So you got to be tiebreaker. Come on. We're in Alameda right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I have to take you and Doss. We, we, we're sitting in Alameda. I mean, like you said, it, it, you keep two s- smaller slot guys that don't play teams in in, in, you know, in Grant and and Renfro. That's hard to see, but uh, you know. And you're talking about if you're going to have a guy that you, you can't, you're not going to be able to trade Doss because people know that if you don't right. keep him, that you'll just yeah. cut him. So Grant's the guy that you can maybe get a conditional sixth, seventh round pick, whatever kind of kind of deal out of. So uh, I mean, I think that would be more realistic. Um, so. I'll take Doss. Go with and also, the- I mean, we've now mentioned Ken Hatcher. But Ken Hatcher is pretty good. Ken Hatcher always makes plays. He does everything right in camp. I just think, I wonder why he came back here. I wonder why he didn't go somewhere else for a chance to make a team. I think he never had a chance here. But he's looked good. I think he definitely looks like an NFL-type receiver. So, But he's had he's done well for himself. He's just, uh, right now he's like, what, seventh or eighth guy. So it's just it's tough, uh, tough they're numbers. Deep, they're deep at receiver this year. So it's going to be Rico Gafford. We're talking about Rico, Rico yeah. Gafford made a play with yeah. the speed. All right, uh, question here from Chili Feet Season. Why does Gruden Chili always feet. seem annoyed when Vic asks him questions in press conferences? Wow. Uh, <laughs> is that true? I don't think there's annoyed. I think it's just a... He likes it, the Vic. But to be fair, he Vic. seems annoyed at 80% of questions. Thank you, Ted. This is true. Appreciate um, that. In press conferences. It definitely says my name a lot. I mean, it's a pretty cool name. I, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> but, uh, I guess that's why people notice it is that, you know, he doesn't... Yeah. You know, when, when when Paul Gutierrez asked a question today, and he doesn't say Paul is that a joke. Is he just glares at Paul? Is that a joke? But <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty good today. Pretty I, we, good. I messed up. We're not supposed to do the Gruden impressions. And, and That's right. Not. No more Gruden impressions. But yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I definitely do uh, get in his nerves at times. I think I think we're okay. I think um, last year was a rough year, but I think we all turned the page. I think we've gotten along well so far at camp, but. Yeah, I don't think he's more annoyed at my questions. I think he's annoyed at the whole Bay Area uh, 
local group is because of last year no one came to his defense about the, the Mac trade. If I think everyone kind of, you know, you got a lot of negative press over that trade. I think if someone had Did he to, expect to get positive press over trading Khalil I think, I think Mack. he would like someone to kind of give the opposite opinion. I think he would like, you know, like a contrarian. They're like, you know what? That is a good deal. And that makes sense looking ahead, but no one did. So I'm Darryl not Moore sure. gave him some good press. Yeah, so I think I think he's annoyed with all of us, but uh, I think less so this year than he was last year. All right, final question here, and uh, we're going we're going to call this the uh, the career hotline here from James Lopez. Uh, my son is trying college and wants to break into your line of work. Any career advice? First off, what does trying college mean? <laughs> you, you either do it or you don't. Yeah. You don't try, right? I mean, you go, you hit some parties, you see if you like it or not, see the classes. Nah, it's not for me, Dad. I'm out. It, it, it's it's always a tough question because, like, you know, I think like for, for Vic and I. When we broke into the business, there was kind of there was a, a certain way you did it, right? You know, yeah, you, you went to lot. college, you did yeah. the school paper, you got a entry level writing job, and you kind of just kept doing it until you got moved up to to covering colleges and then pros, and and that's just kind of how it went. That's not how how it works nowadays. And and Ted obviously has a, a very different path. Yeah, I took a very unusual path. I mean, I. I wanted to be a high school coach and te- a teacher when I f- left college. And I even got my teaching credential, which I don't use anymore, and cost. I'm still paying off the loan for it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, st- I started a blog while I was teaching, and th- the blog kind of blew up thanks to Vic. Vic retweeted my blog when like I had nobody following, um, and yeah, from there it just kind of grew. I had a life changing event happen to me. You could read about that on the Athletic. Um, and I, yeah, and I decided to quit teaching. I just jumped full uh, head first in this thing. I freelanced for the athletic for a little bit, and uh, then I got hired full time. Here's my thing. It's my, my advice to the kid and the guy. So if you do enjoy writing, you do enjoy watching sports and kind of breaking it down. And for me, my favorite part is talking to the players, the interaction, and kind of just uh, picking their brains at times. So if you enjoy those three things, this is what you want to do, then definitely go for it. I mean, it's going to be different. The path that I took, and you took, like you said, it's, the field has changed so much in the last 20 years. But there will always be a way in if you're eager and you work hard and you, you love it. So if that's what you want to do, I'd say go for it. I think definitely start, like Ted mentioned, you have to start blogging and kind of be in your own more than, than you and I were. You kind of, kind of get yourself jump-started. But it's there for you. Everything's there for you. So I think uh, if you get to this point, it definitely can be a, a very fun experience. Definitely can be trying when you're breaking down helmet uh, regulations and frostbitten <laughs> cures and stuff. But uh, overall, I like my job. I'm pretty happy I chose this path. So I think if that's what your kid wants to do, then encourage him and, uh, and buy him a notebook, and uh, there you go. I mean, read as much as you can. Read read the content that's out there. See what kind of stuff people are that are having success are doing, and, and do as much as you can. I mean, at, at, write as much as you can. You know, uh, find a way to, to to just produce stuff. I mean, even if nobody's paying for it, even if you're just doing it like on on a blog that's making no money. Um, you know, if you're in college. You know, go if, especially if you want to cover the NFL. If you want to cover football, I mean, what I what I did is as soon as I got on the school paper, I, I'm like, I'm I'm doing the, I'm doing the football beat. I'm covering the football team, and you know, even if the requirements were like write two stories a week on it, you know, I was at it practice every day, just kind of treating it like it is a is a real job, like a like you're on a real beat, like you're doing it, like the people that are doing it every day, and and you, you just kind of whether you need to 
be doing all that or not, just do it and, yeah, well, and get all that experience you can. And when you're reading all this stuff, I mean, definitely find your voice. Like, ask yourself why this person wrote the article in this way, why they started off this way, how would I do it, what would I, well, how would be my end to this story or this topic. So trying to find your own path and what you would do, and that gives you an idea of how you would do things going forward and kind of develop your own voice and, and kind of the, your, 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 method, you know, your methods and your outlining ability as far as how you would tackle things. Yeah, and I think in this profession, too, you, you kind of have to, make a name for yourself you have to kind of prove to people that you know what you're talking about and during that phase it could be rough like we kind of touched on it but like i i worked for you know i I wrote for like four or five different websites barely getting paid for a whole year you know so you gotta be ready for kind of that starving artist phase too all right guys well i think uh you know we we teased that we might have that this episode, this week's episode, might involve hanging out with us, drinking a couple of beers, and that didn't quite come we to lied. fruition. We lied to you people. Yeah, uh, we, 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 blame we, the tried, we tried. We though. blame the Raiders. The, the, the schedule. The, Raiders? Wow. the schedule got switched up. Well, I not switched up, but we thought we could blame they, some people in Apple who run bars didn't get back to us. We could blame them. We could yeah, blame we, like we could do that. people don't know how to run a business. I'm not we gonna mention any names, that. but we definitely but tried. But ultimately, not. Not not having a, an active practice this weekend yeah. or with fans around. I'm, that, I'm blaming uh, the restaurants. I'm blaming yeah, the bars. I'm blaming blame a particular place. Um, but we we do have something else in the works, and hopefully uh, that can come to fruition. There next will week. be a chance to buy us beer soon. We promise. It's kind of, we're Vic working on be, it. If, if Vic has to just show up at a bar, <laughs> show up at a bar, tweet out, sign Vic inside. He's thirsty. <laughs> Buy me a beer for. Ask me a question for a beer. I think it's fine. <laughs> One question for a beer. But uh, no, we're gonna do something soon. Hopefully, we we'll get some players on uh, next. Uh, what next ten days? Next oh ten God. days, I think is, is our goal. goal. And we'll definitely let you know when it happens. Yeah, and we'll have to. Uh, we're gonna have to have our uh, our prediction episode where we uh, Ooh. pick out pick out Ooh. the record uh, for for the season that's coming up. We, we need some stakes. Like who's you know who gets closest to the actual record. Should aren't they all going to be the same, though? I, mean, I think they're all going to be the same, aren't they? I mean, it's only like a one or two game range. I mean, we're all pretty, like, at this point, based on what we've been saying and reading, we're all homers. We all think this team is incredible. We all love Incognito so We're all going to pick between it's 7 and 9 and yeah, 9 and 7. Exactly. Yeah, seven, eight, 7, 8, and 9, right? Is that the range? I think that's the range. That's the range we, for We've got to figure out a way to, to make this a contest somehow. Well, maybe we'll go game by game. <sighs> yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. All right. We'll talk to you guys again next week.